0: Hello, and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Between the Presets, a podcast by me, Rudy Stetner, that comes out every Monday evening. Here is the place where anything that can be said in polite company is fair game for discussion, even if it occasionally offends. Let's roll. Good evening. It is now Monday evening, the 23rd of Cheshvan 5784 on the Jewish calendar and the 6th of November on the uh, English calendar. Tomorrow, November 7th, will be the 106th anniversary of the Russian Revolution. An event that Sparked waves of genocides and persecutions, such as the Holodomor, which was the uh, genocide by famine in Ukraine from 1932 to 19, <clears throat> 1933, mass murder of believers of different faiths, Christian, Jewish, others. November 7th is observed today not as a celebration of the Russian Revolution, but as a day of remembrance of the uh, crimes of communism. Days of remembrance such as these are critically important because, sadly, one of the most powerful Forces moving history is amnesia, the ability to forget. Back in the late 1950s and early 60s, there was a drug that was approved for use in Europe, but never in the United States. It was actually a treatment for morning uh, sickness. The drug was called thalidomide. And, um, many of the ladies who took this drug had children born with like horrific deformities. Uh, I recall that children were born with, uh, flippers instead of arms. Um, some were born with very short arms. There was all kinds of visible anatomical uh, deformities that were the direct result of this drug uh the drug was quickly banned when this uh horrible side effect was discovered and no, no one would think of prescribing thalidomide today uh at least not to a uh, to a pregnant woman because fortunately the medical profession still preserves a memory of its mistakes. History is a different story. Communism failed in the former Soviet Union. Uh, It failed in China, in Vietnam, most disastrously in Cambodia. And yet, generation after generation, since the publishing of the Communist Manifesto in 1848, this toxic ideology is um, resurrected, rebranded, and recycled again and again and again, and the results are never good. So, uh, it is critically important that we um, practice Uh, the collectively therapeutic uh, exercise of remembrance. I believe the state of Florida has officially made November 7th Day of Remembrance of the Crimes of Communism. I believe it should be a national holiday. I do not think, however, that universities should um, be closed on this day. To the contrary, they should be open so that uh, seminars could be given and remembrance activities and films, et cetera, should be um, presented to the students and the professors as well. I am not at all optimistic that the universities and even the high schools will, uh, embrace November 7th as a holiday of remembrance, but we should start to, we should start demanding it. Here in the United States, we have a prejudice in favor of a republican form of government that's republican with a small r and opposition to monarchies officially uh america is a state of its citizens although the english language for the time being still predominates it is not an official language. Uh, although at least calendrically, the majority of America is Christian, that is not the uh, official religion of the United States. Uh, we are expected to obey its laws, to accept its co- constitutional framework, and we are supposed to uh, coexist with tolerance, if not love for each other. The idea of one nationality uh, being the official nationality of the state, such as in, say, Japan or China, or Spain, or Turkey, or Germany, is a little bit different from the legal framework of the United States. At the end of World War II, approximately 15 million Germans, German speakers, people of German ethnicity, were expelled from various countries throughout Europe, most notably Poland, what was then Czechoslovakia, Yugoslavia, Romania. It was quite brutal and uh, the reason for it was these German minorities had in many cases provided a base of support when Nazi Germany overran those countries. Unfortunately, a lot of innocent Germans were caught up in that, and the guilty were punished with the innocent. But at the end of the day, Germany had in its constitution embedded a legal concept of just sanguinis, which means the law of blood, meaning that ancestry being historically German was enough to make Germany a potential place of refuge to people who, uh, for reasons of desperate need or even sentimentality, could come to uh, Germany and make it their home. And I might add that... Uh, in the late 40s, when this stream of refugees was at its strongest, Germany was rebuilding from the destruction of World War II. And it was not an easy proposition absorbing these uh, ethnic Germans from outside of uh Germany's borders. The Turkish Republic in the late 1980s absorbed a stream of Turkish speaking people from Bulgaria, Bulgarian ethnic Turks. Now, starting in 1984, uh, the uh, then Communist nation of Bulgaria instituted a campaign of forced assimilation of its Turkish minority. Historically, Bulgaria was once a pro- uh, a province of the Ottoman Empire. In the late nineteenth century, when they gained their They gained their independence from the Ottoman Empire with the help of the Russian Empire. And that still left a Turkish minority in the country, which was at around 10% in the 1980s, by the 1980s. So the Bulgarian playbook for forcible assimilation of the uh, ethnic Turks in Bulgaria went kind of like this. They would seal off a village. They would cut off all the roads. They would surround the village with troops. They would cut off the telephone lines. They would knock on someone's door and they would say, uh, you uh, uh, have to change your name. Think of a family name. And the... People in the house would impromptu have to come up with uh, a new Bulgarian name now what this meant in effect was that overnight people with um, several children in the family uh, didn't have telepathic communication So a guy living in one town would, uh, who would, which had been surrounded and forcibly Bulgarianized, uh, had a different last name from his brother in another town. Uh, in addition, they banned any use of the Bulgarian language, of the Turkish language. Um, one could only speak Bulgarian in public. They certainly banned the publication or broadcast of uh, the Turkish language. And in 1989, when this campaign had become um, a public news item, uh, the Turkish Republic announced that, uh, uh, that any Bulgarian Turks who wanted to return home to Turkey... Would be welcomed and tens of thousands of such people did so and uh, as a parenthetical footnote uh, a lot of uh, what happens to language is under Bulgarian rule the ethnic Turks of Bulgaria had incorporated a lot of Bulgarian words into the Turkish they spoke and um, People thought it was a little bit comical that they were coming in speaking, um, uh, from the Turkish point of view, a less pure form of the Turkish language that had become quite, you know, kind of Bulgarianized. So for ethnic Germans and ethnic Turks, the idea of a national state, a state of the Turks, And a state of the Germans was their salvation. Any dispassionate observer would applaud the Federal Republic of Germany and the Turkish Republic for uh, saving their uh, kinsmen abroad and welcoming them within their borders. Now, in all fairness, um, looking at the State of Israel, the State of Israel incorporated uh, many, many Jews living in Arab countries who were at least as persecuted as the Turks of Bulgaria were. They were fourth-class citizens. They had no legal rights. Um, With the um, advent of uh, post-colonial states in Arab countries, uh, Jews in countries surrounding uh, what is today Israel found themselves with no legal rights Facing um, uh, blatant and often violent persecution, and thank God, Israel did what Turk, the Turkish Republic did, and what Germany did, and welcomed its. Uh, uh, Jewish brothers and sisters living outside of Israel's borders in a young and barely developed country, starting from 1940s onward, 48 onward. I do not consider Germany to be racist for having welcomed its fellow Germans from outside Germany's borders. And I do not consider Turkey to be racist for having um, welcomed um, Turks from living outside Turkey's modern borders. To the contrary, I applaud both of those countries for having stepped up to the plate. In many cases, the Germans welcomed by Germany it should be noted, barely spoke any German, sometimes not at all. They had uh, German ethnicity, they associated with fellow Germans, or they spoke a um, regional Germanic language that was very different from high German, and they needed to be trained in the uh, language of... uh, the national language of Germany, which is high German. One of my favorite German singers, uh, Peter Maffay, M-A-F-F-A-Y, was actually born in Romania, um, I think in the 1950s. And uh, he had to uh, learn German. And he became one of the most uh, popular singers in Germany. Beautiful music he makes. So, I believe in, there is actually a Torah commandment to use accurate weights and measures. In the old days, you used to actually have um, a scale and you would put the weights on the one side and whatever you were weighing on the other side and you would then be able to sell uh, meat or cheese or whatever spices by weight and there is a commandment not only to have accurate weights right but to also not even be in possession of weights which were inaccurate because what people could do they could uh, you know uh, file off uh the weight or do something so that it would so that a weight of say a hundred grams was uh, maybe 90 grams and they could cheat people. So if I'm going to uh, judge a country and its policies and its laws, I would want to judge it fairly, to have the same standard, Uh, that I employ for Turkey and Germany and apply that to Israel as well. So I applaud all three of those countries for welcoming their, um, persecuted brothers and sisters from outside their borders. Of course, a sequel to this podcast would ask the question of how does one deal with minorities? People who are, live within the borders of your country who speak another language or practice a minority religion. For instance, Spain. Spain has... Um, not only Spanish speakers um, within its borders, it has speakers of Catalan, which is a related but distinct Romance language, Basque, and Gallego, which is a language close, uh, closer to Portuguese actually than it is Spanish, although it is a also a Romance language. Canada has its French-speaking minority. And it has, you know, problems with how it uh, protects the right of French speakers and also the right of English speakers. So this challenge of having national minorities within one's borders is faced by many countries and there is, there are Different ways of addressing and solving these problems. Now, I pointedly started off this podcast um, mentioning um, Turkish and uh, Turkish minorities abroad and um, the role of the Turkish Republic in protecting Turks abroad because Turkey is today most outspoken in its condemnation of Israel, even Israel's right to exist. So by praising the Turks for protecting their brothers abroad, I am also implicitly and now explicitly Accusing the government of the Turkish Republic and many of its citizens, I am accusing them of hypocrisy in criticizing Israel for doing the same thing. And I will leave for another day the question of how the Turkish Republic treats its Kurdish minority treats its tiny minority of Greek Christians, and how it treats its even tinier minority of Armenians. So it is well worthwhile to remember history and to study how different countries have dealt with universal themes. If these various facets of intellectual honesty were employed in discussion of Israel today, the outcome of the discussion would be quite different. I wish all of my listeners a blessed week. I especially wish my Israeli listeners um, a peaceful week and a successful week in defending themselves against the opening salvos of an attempt to wipe them off the map. My prayers are for all of Israel's loyal inhabitants, both Jewish and not Jewish. I also wish, um, peace and success to jews abroad outside of israel and to expand this to a little bit more universal parameters um, i wish success and strength to people on college and high school campuses who do not concur with the toxic ideologies being peddled there and might for such reasons suffer uh, discrimination and marginalization. So I hope that it is a peaceful and blessed week for all. Thank you. This wraps up another weekly episode of Between the Presets. I thank you all for for the pleasure of sharing with me my weekly muse, Whatever platform you access, hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a comment is much appreciated. My email address is thewinterriders at gmail.com. Thewinterriders at gmail.com. Until next week, adio which in some African languages means born on Monday or be righteous and closely resembles adios in Spanish.